The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air. Ngā mihi o te tauhau, Matariki and Poanga have risen, signalling the beginning of a new year. It truly is a beautiful thing to witness and be part of the nation's honouring of Matariki and Poanga for the first time. It's such a special time not only for Tangata Whenua, but for Afanonga around the Pacific, many who also recognise Matariki as the dawning of a new year. And through recognising this holiday as a nation, we've created something really special for all of those who call this whenua home, something we can celebrate as Māori, Tauiwi, Pākehā, something for all of us. I'm sure I probably wasn't the only one a little hesitant about what a national Matariki celebration would look like. You know, I had a few fears about whether it would be cheapened by commercialisation, fireworks and department store sales, rather than a time of reverence for our environment, the stars and the maramataka. I mean, sure, there were still fireworks, filling the night sky with more artificial lights rather than turning to those that Ranginui provides. I was in Pōneke with the many thousands of other people last Friday, crammed together to get a glimpse of the fireworks, which due to the hordes of people and the massive tree impeding my view was definitely not worth it. <laughs> but on the whole, our first National Matariki holiday was given the respect and mana it deserves and upheld the mātauranga passed down from our tipuna. Whāngai te hautapu, the ceremony that feeds each of the stars of the kāhui of Matariki, was televised for all those up at 6am on Friday to watch it. The recitation of karakia for the ceremony was led by Professor Pautimara and a group of Ruanuku, who are specially trained in performing these rites. Across our screens and on our airwaves, from the beginning of the Tangaroa lunar phase to the public holiday itself on the Friday, Te Reo Māori flowed and the Tonga Tukuiho o Mātauranga a Matariki Kipuanga was available to all of those willing and ready to access it. Many of you hopefully also took part in your own hotapu ceremonies, whether that be with your whānau, hapu, iwi, friends or hapori. I gathered with my hekareo whānau at quarter to five at Tawānanga o Raukaua last Thursday in what was my very first hotapu. We'd spent all week, and actually some weeks prior, learning karakia, waiata, mauraako, even writing our own pao and karakia for each of the fetu, for that ceremony. 
And the night before that, on the Wednesday, the evening before, as the sun set, we were led in karakia by Matua Tipi Wehepehana, and that process was to release all the heaviness and tomaha we were carrying in preparation for hotapu. I found out later that I wasn't the only one whose tears fell hard and fast during the karakia. That is the power of karakia, to connect us with tau wairua, with ngā atua, to transition between states of tapu and noa, to cleanse. And during hotapu, we send karakia out to Putakawa, the fetu that carries the dead home, and in doing so, we release the bonds with our loved ones who have passed on and allow them to return back to Hawaiki Nui, Hawaiki Roa, Hawaiki Paumamao. What warms my ngako is that there's been so much kōrero about what each fetu of Matariki means, how we can honour each of them, and how through hotapu, even if it is as humble as a couple of kumara in a pot, we can honour this incredibly sacred, important time for our people. There's been so much cool and exciting stuff to do and see over this Matariki period. What I'm loving in particular is all of the new music that's been released. Acts of Service by Takahurere Moa is rongoa to my ears, as is Pūwhenua Hautapu, Eka Mumura, the Reo Māori album release of Troy Kingi's third album, Holy Colony Burning Acres. There have been so many festivals and performance across the motu, and I really hope you all got amongst and enjoyed some of these with your whānau and friends. Or perhaps you spent the weekend resting, and that's totally okay too. I think actually with the excitement and celebrations of our first Matariki holiday, a lot of us, including myself, probably didn't do enough of that resting. But most importantly, I hope you all made time to look up at the stars and take part in a hotapu ceremony. There's so much we can learn from our environment. There's so much it can teach us if only we take the time to listen and look up. Mānawatia a Matariki ma. Stay tuned, because coming up next, me and my co-host will be talking to a Wahine Māori astronomer about all things Matariki and Ngā Whetu. Mō tonu mai e hoa mā. Kia ora anō, no mai hoki mai ki ne. I'm joined now by my co-host, Leonie Hayden and Takuru o te marama Jews. Kia ora kōrua, pēhana kōrua. Kia ora. Mauri ora, ahe. Hari koa ana, koa ora te wairua i tēnei, tēnei rā, whakahirehira o tātou. Um, awesome. Well, joining us today to talk all things Matariki and mātauranga e pāna ki ngā whetu is Olive Karena Lokia, nō te Opodi Ngāti Raukaua. She's an astronomy educator at the Stardome in Tāmaki Makaurau and she's also only one of two wahine Māori in astronomy. And through learning about uh, Matariki and Ngā Whetu, uh, she's also connected with her taha Māori. No mai, tēnā koe hoa, pēhana koe. Tēnā koe, Miriana. Uh, kei te uh, hare koa hau. Ai, uh, also pretty tired as well. <laughs> <laughs> you would have had such an epic week. Yeah, it's it's been a lot. Yeah. Yeah, tell us a bit about when did Matariki celebrations start for you? Were you out there on the first uh first day of the Tangaroa lunar phase? We were, yeah. Um my um my work stardom, they planned what well, we planned a little um uh hikoi up to the tihi of Maunga Kiekia. 
um, to have a look, to watch um, Matariki rise. And uh, we did that. It was really beautiful, like just something about the early morning that's really mystic, um, especially going up the maunga mm. um, with everyone as well, you know, everyone's energy. Um, that was was really nice. Uh, and then we got up there um, and we were very early. Um, so we had to wait for quite a long time. <laughs> and it was like the wind was like piercing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was it was quite intense. It got intense from that point on, like waiting. Uh, and then um, seeing Matariki with the city lights below was really hard mm. with the light pollution mm. from, from the city lights. So um, we saw a glimpse of her. Um, probably just Matsuriki alone is what we saw, um, but we got some good pictures. You can see it better in the pictures. So they were definitely all there, um, but that was that was day one, yeah. Yeah, and so have you been out since as well to try and told some of the locals, locals in Tamaki to turn their lights off and gone back up the hill? <laughs> <laughs> um, I try. Like I, um, you know, I, I present shows uh, once a week, every Friday night. I do shows on what well, it has been on Matariki, uh, Ngafitu or Matariki, um, a show that me and my colleague Josh um, co-created. Oh, cool. Where I'll, you know, spread the spread the message. I'm not really keep your lights off. I don't know. Like we all need lights, so <laughs> I'm I'm forgiving. It's a tricky one, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all just need to leave the city. Yeah, exactly. During Wa Matariki. Yeah, yeah. How has it been for you this first? Matariki, I'm sure you've been absolutely flat out. Have you seen a lot of hunger from people, you know, heaps of people coming to the Star Dome, hungry to know more about Matauranga Matariki? Yeah, definitely. And it's grown over the years as well. Like um, Josh and I, we we started doing our Ngafitu Matariki show uh, two years ago. So this is the third year that we've run it. Um, and... From then, like from the start, like that wasn't that long ago, but there was so much interest then. You know, there, there's been so much interest built up by the amazing mahi that um, Professor Rangi Matamu has done and other um, leading experts as well. So much mahi has gone into this. Um, so we kind of picked it up from there and um, we've had so much interest. We've had people uh, like Pākehā as well, like people come in and just being seeing that show and being so upset that they didn't know it sooner, mm. you know? It's interesting you say that, eh? There is very much a, a sense of simultaneously, we need a little bit deep here, but simultaneously like grieving what you don't know and celebrating at the same time. I don't know if you, I, any of you have felt a little bit of that pōritanga, but also, you know, it's been a, a heavy last year or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, what what is it about Matariki that's really grabbed you? I know you've always um, had a you know, love for the stars, but what was it about Matariki that, that opened your, your whole eyes and imagination and, and grabbed your narco, really, eh? Yeah, uh, I think, like, I think it's the work that, Rangi Matamua has done to make this knowledge so accessible and especially uh, where it's come from, like it's come directly from his tūpuna. So it's just so valuable because it hasn't been put through that colonised lens of Alston Best mm. um, or, you know, like Pākehā ethnographers who are trying to tell us our own stories and uh, inevitably getting it wrong. 
Um, so having it come directly from the source and then having him be such an amazing communicator. So so getting such a good understanding from him and knowing that I could really trust that knowledge um, and, and just building from there, like, um, it just made so much sense. So I, I guess that's what's grabbed me is like the, um, it was a gateway for me to be able to understand more about te ao Māori um, or, or the... Hmm, what am I trying to say? Basically, from there, I have like come to understand the interconnectedness of um, te rangi, te whenua, te moana, mm. and also hina marama, the moon, and like just everything, the entire environment, mm. and how it all um, works together, and how we can work within it, and how I can work within it. Um, has been, it's just been like really eye-opening in that I've always felt like I was missing something, you know, like I'm not religious um, mm. and I'm, I'm, I'm open to like whatever, you, you know, like presents itself, but this was it for me. It was like, this makes sense. Yeah. So, That's cool. A sacredness mm. that actually makes sense to you. Yeah. yeah. And is yeah, yeah. I'm really curious to know what astronomy as a field of study and of work is like for Māori. Because there was a time pre-Rangi Matamua, yeah. <laughs> we'll call it like B- BR, before Rangi. Before Rangi. Yeah, what, what is it like coming up in that field as a, as a Māori person? I think it it all depends. It depends so heavily. My experience is that it's depended so heavily on like the people who are above me and the opportunities that they decide to give me. So I'm here because the people above me decided to give me the opportunity because they happen to be people who believe in Kopapa Māori, who mm. believe in uh, like what I can give to the Kopapa. Who you know what I mean? Hi. So it's because there was someone who was into um, helping Māori or understands the context of how um, Māori haven't previously fit in in these spaces because of systemic oppression or, right. you know, history. So, Because science in universities isn't for you. Yeah. Once upon a time. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're young, so obviously you're a beneficiary of a a generation for whom it probably wasn't as easy to be a scientist and on a mātauranga Māori ne. Yeah, and and I think I have a a debt to pay to Te Kuru's father, I believe, for for that that kaupapa as well, so... Thank you. <laughs> oh, thanks, thanks, Olive. Yeah, Dad, Dad was involved. But um, what's your background, Olive? That's what I wanted to ask. How did you? How does one uh, find themselves in astronomy? Mm. Well, um, it started. I mean, I've always just been interested in the night sky. I just think it's really beautiful. It's this big expanse above our heads that is just there, and it's like the most incredible painting that you could ever witness you know and it's like doesn't end but I was also like um you know like a little Maori girl in West Auckland who didn't really think that I don't know like I didn't really have much direction and so I spent a long time trying to find it I suppose uh and um went overseas did that thing because I thought that's what you should do 
Um, I thought that my future was like elsewhere because I didn't wasn't really connected to anything here. Um, and I realised overseas that all I wanted to do was be here and how incredible our home is and like, yeah. So so here I am. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, then I just decided to start volunteering at Stardome because I wanted to learn more about space. I just wanted to know what I was looking at, um, like when I look at the stars. Um, and so volunteering there, uh, after about six months turned into a job as a telescope operator. Um, cool. Yeah. Which then turned into a job as a planetarium presenter. Um, and so I just like learned on the job throughout the years. Um, and, and all the while this was, um, not really like a, a kaupapa Māori friendly space mm. at that time. Um, so I kind of, yeah, just kept my head down and learnt a mm. very, I suppose, Western way and, and didn't, re- didn't even, like, know much about Matariki, the, like, and, and especially how it was treated there at the time. It wasn't really seen as something that is significant, you know. Um, but uh, in 2019, we got a new CEO, Victoria Travers, and um, she's basically flipped everything on its head. And she said, hey, you, um, <laughs> come and <laughs> come and do heaps more mahi and uh, stuff yeah. that really fulfills you and cool. uh, oh, find your career. <laughs> and we'll pay you more? Yeah. No, you better not answer that in yes. case your boss is listening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> what a career path, eh? I mean, these are the corridor that I wish, you know. My careers advisor didn't say anything that I could go and become an astronomer. I'm like, where was that? <laughs> well, that's why that's why I'm here, you know. Like, I'm trying to show my face and be like, yeah, I'm Wahine Māori and, and I work in astronomy and we can do this and we belong here. Like, I don't know, like doing this kind of stuff is like not not like the norm for me, you know, like putting myself out there. Like the, the piece that, that I wrote or was helped to write um, or, you know, being on this podcast, which like I'm a fan of. So it's amazing to be here on it. Um, but I, I have to because there's no one else. So I'm just doing it. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. Papa. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And how in terms of gaining or gathering that knowledge of the stars, because I think it's taken me about three years just to be able to identify Totoru relatively consistently. <laughs> I'm like, okay, there it is. Nice. There it is. But yeah, yeah, which is like the, oh, and the Southern Cross, which sadly, the Ingoa Māori for the Southern Cross, I always forget. Mahutonga. 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 Oh, kapai. So those are the two that I can find. How long did it take you staring up at the sky, nights working at the Star Dome, until you felt like, you know, you understood out of five to ten different star clusters. <laughs> um, not that long, to be honest. That was the good thing about being there is that everyone there is passionate about space and they all love sharing. And so as long as you're asking questions, it was really easy to find the knowledge. Mm. Um, but in terms of, like, feeling like I know everything about space, I don't think I'll ever feel that way. I think I have. I've, like, gone through, uh, like, steps of being like, yeah, man, I know so much. <laughs> and then I'll learn something else and I'll be like, man, I know nothing, you know? Like, it's just always going to be like that, I think. What I would find really helpful is a better understanding, because I live in Tāmaki. I'm probably going to live in Tāmaki until 
retirement age. And a lot of the kōrero and the mātauranga um, about our whetu and our maramataka, um, I have either got from up north or from the east coast. Mm. Um, so I would love to know a little bit more about our tohu whetu here in Tāmaki. I mean, at the end of the day, it, it is the largest Māori population here in this large city. Mm. Um, so, like, for instance... Like, who should I be looking out for for the start of my, like, um, kumara harvest? So, that's a good question. Is this another assignment? <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, so, like, as far as I'm aware, he tohu ko right? But I only know that to be true for the East Coast. So I would like to know if that's true. And Tamaki, where I live, it's really hard to find that regional matauranga. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, it is, we're told, you know, it's different for every rohi. And like, Kejipai, I know that, but I would love to know. Yeah. Right here, yeah, right now. Mataranga, or tēnei whenua, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, most of the knowledge that I've learned from comes from either Rangi Matamua or from Ricky Solomon. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rangi's from Tuhoi. Um, and then Ricky Solomon, he's from Ngati Kahungunu, mm-hmm. um, but he has um, done a lot of mahi with Rediata Makiha in um, up north in Hokianga, and but also in Tamaki Makoto. So they've created a maramataka for Tamaki Makoto region, um, which is what I use oh, when I'm not cheating with my Hina app. <laughs> um, as for so so the the tohu for kumara harvest, like I can from what I've learned from Rangi is that there is um, a star associated with um, that time. So kumara harvest would be like autumn. Uh, aye. So the only tohu that I know about, so um, the fetu for autumn, off the top of my head, I cannot remember. <laughs> I definitely have it written down. Um, but the tohu I've been told about um, kumara harvest is the riro riro, the um, grey warbler. Yeah, yeah. So the, the tangi of the riro riro changes from spring to summer oh. to autumn. And so you listen for the four different tangi of the riro riro, and each one signifies a new... Um, action that oh, you should be taking okay. around your kumara gardening, planting and harvesting. All right, gotta go find me a little little. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's it's beautiful you bring that up because Hat was um, really lucky to be at the Kupu Writers Festival the other weekend, just prior to the start of Matariki, and Rangi Matamu gave a, a kōrero there at um, Te Taakinga Marae. Um, he talked about how, you know, there's this common misconception that the stars and the moon tell you the time, um, but actually it's those environmental indicators like the different sounds of the manu, like when particular flowers are in bloom, eh? It's the interaction between um, the fetu, the maramataka, and the, yeah, the, envir- the environment that we live in. What was your process of... <laughs> of coming to understand how all those factors interact to tell us the time? I think, again, there's been like layers of my understanding. So I learned about the maramataka pretty early on and that alone blew my mind. Mm. Like mm. using using um, hina marama to, to, um, to, 
to, to plan out your time and also to understand what is best for you within that time or, um, yeah, like the, the energy level, for example, of like different moon phases means that like makes planning events easier, you know, like if I'm doing a, a show on, on Fedor, like I'm expecting a dead crowd who are, you know, no. not going to want to ask questions and not going to want to interact with me or Huna. So, so that was like the first layer of, of, of like, wow, that I kind of got. But then after that, like the, the more I understood about like the connection of the environment with everything, um, I, I think, um, I don't know if you guys have heard the whakatauki that Ricky Solomon often shares, um, tuia ki te rangi, tuia ki te whinua, tuia ki te moana, e rongo te po, e rongo te ao. So um, look to the sky, the land and the sea to understand the divisions between night and day. And mm, I, I feel like mm. that encapsulates it, it really well. Like that was another like mind blow moment for me where, or, or yeah, I mean, that's what you're doing, I suppose. It's like you're looking to the sky for the tohu in the sky. And so uh, you said whānui, so this, the fetu whānui might be out. Um, and then the tohu in the ocean um, might be uh, that there is like a, some kind of fish. Uh, the ocean is probably where, where I um, fall short, but I'm getting there. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's pretty big. I know. And it's it, not as big as the sky, but it's pretty big. And it's hard to see. Like, you can't really see yeah. in it. Yeah. <laughs> but at least you're on the moana, right? You know, we're not out there on a walker like we used to be, so it's harder to understand the ocean's rhythms and behaviour. That's that's oh. a, that's a like, future goal for me, though, is I want to be on the moana and I want to be navigating. Oh, kapai. Mm. Yeah. It's so weird, though, that you chose this field of astronomy and because it's opened up Mātauranga Māori for you, now you have to learn about every <laughs> thing that connects with it because that's your Māori. Mm. But that's so... No go, Papa. That's just so fulfilling. Yeah, yeah, mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting um, corridor you bring up, Leonie, uh, around, you know, when you first came into learning about Matariki and the stars, were you... <laughs> Because I can imagine there was a bit of an expectation that being Māori and being an astronomer that you were an expert, probably more so from non-Māori. Um, how did you navigate that? And, you know, was there that expectation, oh, I need to be like rangi mātāmua tomorrow, ā-pōpō? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I go through phases of like struggling with that, especially like the more involved in it that I get. Like early on when I... I didn't really expect it all to be anything, you know, like I'm, I'm me and I'm Māori and um, I, w I didn't grow up on the marae or exposed to like uh, as much um, of te ao Māori as I would have liked to have been. Um, but that doesn't make my journey any less valid. Um, so mm. I'm here and I'm Māori and that's fine, but like don't expect me to be but the more I get into it, I'm like, okay, like I'll, I'm not, I'll never be rangi matamua, but I am me and I know, I know enough. I, I mean, I, I'll never know enough. I'm always going to be learning forever. Right, but, but you know a lot. But <laughs> yeah, but I know enough to, to feel comfortable to be like, okay, here's what I have. All right. Yeah. What's your favourite kahui of Fitu and why? Oh, okay. This uh oh this is this is pretty easy and 
also um, one of only a few constellations, um, Māori, Kahui Māori, um, Itirangi, that I know about so far, um, which is one that we all know of. Um, and, and that's probably why, because it, and that's the reason why we all know it is because it is actually really special. Um, te Matoa Maui, Maui's mm-hmm. fish hook. Yeah, it's my favorite because, um, well, it's how, it's, it's what, it's one of the important constellations that Māori used to find Aotearoa because where it sits over um, in, in the southwestern horizon is the direction that they needed to travel their waka towards, or guide their waka towards to find Aotearoa. And so as they approached the island, the hook appeared to fish the island out of the ocean. That's so cool! Which is how you get the name Te Ika Maui, the fish of Maui. So, so I love that, especially like how it ties in with navigation. Uh, and um, then there's also a story that I learned recently from, from Ricky Solomon, which just blew my mind as well, which is the story of Maui and the sun. So slowing down the sun with his hook by hooking into the sun and dragging it through the sky so it's slower, so we get more sunshine. Um, is because in the summertime, the sun moves over that constellation. And in the summertime, we get really long days because the sun's out for longer. Mm. And so it does that when it's by the hook. And so the hook appears to slow it down. Clever, What a cool kōrero. I didn't know that second I love it when the, yeah, that, that next level of a pūrāko or even a pakiwaitara, you're just like, ah, oh, I get it now. I get what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, so rewarding. I think that's the beauty of it, eh, of, of pūrāko, pakiwaitara Aye. for Māori, is that these stories are thousands of years old. Aye. And we can be misguided to think that they're just children's stories. So I think that's a, just a result of our oppression. But now that we're have people like Rangi who are really unearthing, Ricky Solomon, who are unearthing these stories for us. We're like, wow, there's actually a lot of like real scientific meaning behind (laughs) all of this kōrero tukuiho. And then it's it's an incentive for us to look at other parts of our taiao, like our manu and our rako and our moana um, and our winds, of which there, you know, Papa Ririata says there are over 800 um, names for Māori winds. So it is holistic, like Olive said, we have to have that holistic view uh, of our taiao at all times. And this matariki, for me, that's the power of what Rangi and his team have done is just made um, people believe. It's mm. made our people believe, and there's nothing more powerful than that. Pono. I think there's a beautiful point to wrap up our kōrero. Uh, ngā mahi nunui ki a koe olive, uh, mā tauranga, o ngā whetu, o matariki. Um, and, yeah, really hoping that as a result of your mahi that we get more of our rangatahi into astronomy and more friends for yourself, for Josh, for Rangi. <laughs> <laughs> but um, massive mahi to you. Kia ora, kia ora rā. Ngā mahi nui kia koutou. Thank you all for having me today and come and visit me at the start on a Friday night if you want to. Uh, and mānoa tia matariki. Coming up next, I will be joined back with my co-hosts. We're going to have a brief debrief about how we spent Matariki 
and some of our favourite moments from the celebrations across the motu. Stay tuned, e homa. We are back, your co-hosts and myself, uh, Leonie Hayden and Tukuru Ote Marama Juice, to debrief on our Matariki. Uh, but first of all, Pia na Korua. Oh, kei te pai a hau, kei te pai nai nei. Uh, unfortunately, I missed quite a lot of the Matariki celebrations due to the flu. Oh, no. Wait, but paiake. I'm feeling heaps better. It's been going around. Aye. That was me a couple of weeks ago, but fortunately came right just before going down to Te Whanganui Atara, uh, and, you know, ever grateful to be have been able to be part of that hautapu ceremony, which took place at Te Papa. I was just a plus one bag carrier for my... <laughs> uh, artist partner, Nico Hinden, who was doing mahi at Te Papa over the weekend. But just being there, really feeling the wairua, I was thinking about it earlier today. It really is something about, like Olive said, um, when you wake up and you go to a place to observe something like this and you feel everyone's ihi and, and wairua and whakaro and everyone's mm-hmm. going with intention and mamai is being shared and aspirations are being sent up to Hiwai Terangi and that was, you know, all of this emotion. I'm still trying to unpack it, mm. the ceremony uh, that took place down in Te Whanganui Atara was really, for me, uh, I feel like for the motu was quite transformational and it's really set the bar high for us and for other um, countries that have invaded Indigenous lands. Like this is the first Indigenous holiday that recognises uh, cultural ritual in the world. So, you know, all of that was just powerful, uh, very moved. Anna, I I mean, moki moki, wish I was there for the hotapu, but, um, you know, I had a similar experience with my, my own first hotapu as I talked about earlier in the potty. The, the wairua was, it's, 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 it's so hard to describe, <laughs> so hard to describe in English, but even in deal, I mean, it's just a feeling, right? And, you know, before the hotapu, there was... I didn't realise I was actually carrying probably a lot of grief. Um, and then the next day in the morning, ah, like, I mean, you know, burnt my throat out doing a haka at 5.30 in the morning. <laughs> but, you know, but there was so much power behind our whole ope. You're, you're communicating with the fetu and the atua not really so much. I wasn't thinking a lot about the words of the karakia or the, the song. I was thinking about my, how I felt and, and, and the strength of those around me, and, and we were communicating our way to her. I'm not sure if that's ticker, but that's how it feels. Yeah. Mm. And and that's what, what yeah, it was, it was pretty mind-blowing, and I'm a bit the same as you, Takuru, like still unpacking it and kind of returning back to ordinary life feels a bit odd. <laughs> it's, so, it's so much cooler than a holiday where you buy shit. Like something that is just pure meaning and ritual. That's it. That's the whole point. You never get there. Mm-hmm. And I, like, get super um, cynical about uh, any kind of adoption of, I don't know, an ingoa Māori or a kaupapa Māori or whatever by a, a not kaupapa Māori organisation. Like, I could not have been more cynical about this becoming a public holiday. And I'm so delighted to have been proven completely wrong mm. by this country that I'm so disappointed in so often. <laughs> 
And, you know, there was a handful of dicks, and that's fine. But I feel like, for the most part, like, people really embraced this as a holiday of meaning. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think it like, really demonstrates the sacrifice that Māori continually make. And especially in this case, like Dr. Rangimātāmua, who has expressed, you know, one of his goals now that it's done, now that it's complete, is to go and reconnect with his own whānau. So that man and his team have given so mm. much to this kaupapa over the years. And now it's finally, you know, right up to the point where they were standing and freezing their asses off outside to papa, mm. running the hautapu for the country. Because all of these tohunga, these kaikarakia, had to leave their own whānau and communities. And for some of them, like Praone Gloin, who told me it was the first hautapu ceremony where he wouldn't be running it in his own, you know, in his own backyard. So he gave that responsibility to his uh, to his nephews, I think. And that's just a demonstration of what Māori do, what we need to do to reclaim our culture here and, and decolonise Aotearoa, but also the sacrifice Aye. that we have to make because this is something that's good for all of Aotearoa. And, you know, no Māori... They do get to come along and enjoy the fruits of these, you know, of this labour, and it's just a, it's just a reminder, you know, that 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 level of commitment is needed. But I do hope that people like um, Rangi Matamu and others really do get a break. Aye, tika. Aye, and there are resources. I mean, I'm probably jumping the gun, but thinking ahead to next year, because that's a really I hadn't actually considered, you know, looking at all of those Ruanuku standing up there to Papa. It's like, yeah, each of those is from their own hapu and iwi and, and they've been pulled out. But maybe something for people to think about, you know, as we sort of um, processing this beautiful, beautiful period of time, this holiday is, you know, are there ways that we can do things more simply? You know, there's resources available with um, little karakia. Rangi talks about, you know, it actually can be as simple as if you just have a couple of kumara. I mean, even if you don't have kumara, a couple of rewai, potatoes right. in a pot. It doesn't have to be this big flash thing. And and that maybe is something for people to think about coming into next year. Yeah. Uh, and because, and like you say, Takuru, the bar's been set high. Like for me now, when I think Matariki, I think Hotapu. And, and that's really what this time needs to be about. And so any way that people can you know, take the pressure off those who, who are doing that mahi to lead these Hotapu ceremonies... And just to expand on that, one cool thing someone told me over the weekend was that in their hapu, in their territory, they've allocated responsibilities to different whānau. So one whānau is responsible for providing the kai for tipuanuku, and another whānau is responsible for going to get the eels and another whānau to get the fish. And I was like, wow, that is really, for me, that's aspirational because then you have this intergenerational legacy, this haipapa, this responsibility where these kids are going to grow into this responsibility, you know, grow up thinking, my whānau, we have this special role. Our job is to, you know, protect the manu and then preserve or prepare one for the hautapu oh. or to, you know, learn about earling wow. and, and continue that practice within. And I just feel like this is the start of something much bigger and we're only just sort of scratching the surface. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. And how cool that whānau already thinking like that. I mean, I'm not sure about this particular example. Maybe this is something they've had in the works for the while, but for a while now, but how cool, you know, people already thinking ahead, how can we spread the load? 
Well, other sort of, um, you know, there was obviously a lot of events and things around. What else did you, did uh, both of you guys do over the weekend or maybe during the week? I did nothing. I did oh, nothing. Oh, yeah, sorry, Leonie. No, actually, oh. no, in the end, that is not entirely true because I was feeling myself again a little bit yesterday morning. I messaged some of my best ones and I was like, I'm free of this. I want to have a meal with, with you and um, I want to have a little matsuriki meal with you. And so I sort of whipped up as best as I could, um, especially because it had to be pescatarian, <laughs> um, dishes for each of our fetu herikai. So we had tofu instead of hei hei, but otherwise it was pretty tikka. <laughs> um, and it was just beautiful to cook for my friends and have karakia. And then we did a we did a sort of like a sent our um, wawata to Hiwi Tirangi just in the in the form of like a toast. Each of us had to make a like a little toast to, cool. to say what our wish was. And it was it was literally all I could muster considering my energy levels, but it was it was something and it was enough to actually make me feel like fuel. You know, I actually got to Fakanuya Matariki and mm. it made me feel really great when I woke up this morning. Oh Rawi. I think that's the power of this is to make us, you know, feel Maori. Aye. The mm. power of ritual for us. The power of responsibility Aye. to engage with our culture. It helped that my neighbour brought over a coda as well. That really, really <laughs> oh, helped celebrate man. the new year. I'm not going to lie. MVP. Hi. Who's catching coda in Tamaki Makoto? Cool neighbours. Oh, I know. Oh, she'd been <laughs> on a wānanga down the coast and they were just getting them every day. So she got to bring a couple home. <laughs> whereabouts? Whereabouts on the coast? Oh, oh. she was on Tokumaru. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, kapai. What about you, Takuru? Any other um, beautiful events? Were you just bag boy all weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I did get to go see Teeks. Oh, man. And that was, awesome. yeah, that was my first time seeing him perform live since his initial EP launch, uh, 2017, I think wow. it was. So have seen him seen him develop over the years. <laughs> I actually did a story on him when he was in the Pao 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 Academy under Tama Waipara and Meizirika. And when he came out, because he's a tainer of mine, eh, our you know, mm. whanau friends, they were at Ruamata for a while. We were all at Kura together. Uh, so he's a few years younger, but seeing him when he grew up and I'm good friends with his sister, I was like, wow, Takariana, he's actually, he's got something special, you know? And then, yeah, of course he blew up. Now he's big time. He was at St. James Theatre with um, New Zealand Symphony Orchestra and the sound was amazing. He was great. He sang in Te Reo Māori. He, he brought out Holly Smith. They sang for Kadia Mai and he was just drilling at home like, he was drilling the message home, the kaupapa. He talked about what's happening in America and how, you know, bullshit that is, what the Supreme Court has decided um, about Hi. women's rights to abortion and things like that. So it was just great to see, you know, a young Māori man uh, standing there in his Māori tanga, e waiatana i te reo Māori, e tukuana i Māori, and he spoke about matariki, and it was just a great way to wrap up the weekend. Cool. Beautiful. Oh, honestly, all the like Māori, the Māori music that's coming out, or just Māori music, is uh, is so cool. It's really, really cool. I, I need to mahi to that album by Te Kahuriri Moa that you mentioned <gasps> in your introduction. That album is fire. It was also the perfect timing. Obviously, it's no accident that she released the album at this time, but I recommend going to find it and getting like deep in your feelings Yeah, about... This time about being Māori, about being wahine Māori. It's so great. Acts of service, etifano. 
out now. And check out our conversation with her in an early episode of <laughs> Ne, because it was really fire. She's also one of the funniest people in the land, as well as being an awesome musician. Yeah, harder. Love that we're also plugging ourselves. Hi. <laughs> Oh, kapai. Well, ngamahi korua and ngamahi kia koutou, all of you listening out there across the motu. A big mihi to Tiahe Butler, our podcast manager, and Jacob Edmonds, our podcast engineer. Without them, we wouldn't sound this flash. <laughs> um, check us out wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be Spotify, Apple, and we'll be back in two weeks with another juicy kaupapa for you to sink your teeth into. Kakite ano! Kakite! NAIR is public interest journalism funded through New Zealand On Air and brought to you by the Spin-Off Podcast Network. It was hosted and researched by Leonie Hayden with Te Jews and Mediana Johnson. Nair was produced by Teaihe Butler, with senior production from Jane Yee and project management from Mark Kelleher. Kia ora e te iwi, Teaihe Butler here, podcast manager at The Spin-Off. If you enjoy listening to our podcasts, consider supporting our mahi by signing up to become a Spin-Off member at thespinoff.co.nz slash donate. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.